Good morning, gentlemen. Happy New Year. Good morning, guys. Good morning, everybody. Okay. Stock market ended a nine-week winning streak after a stronger-than-expected jobs report last week. As the first week of the year ended, the NASDAQ had sunk 3.25%, its worst weekly performance since uh, September. And the S&P 500 and the Dow dropped 1.52% and 0.59% respectively. The Friday's jobs report came in stronger than expected with more jobs than anticipated added in December and the unemployment rate steady at 3.7. With last week's release of minutes from the December Fed meeting, the Fed implied that it will keep interest rates higher than the market anticipates and that there will be fewer rate cuts. So the first question is, what do you think the Fed will do this year? Well, I think Friday's jobs report had um, a lot of influence on future expectation for rate hikes. Going into the end of last year, we started to, or the market began to price in a really high probability. I think it got up to about 90% that we were going to see a rate cut as early as the month of March. Um, I think that the market got a little bit off sides with that, especially due to the fact that when you consider that the Fed's dual mandate is price stability, meaning low inflation, which inflation has been disinflating, and full employment, which you have seen cracks in the surface of the labor market, but it really hasn't weakened materially to the point where it would make a lot of sense for the Fed to roll out consistent rate cuts at this particular juncture. And remember, the Fed's inflation target is 2%. We're not at that 2% rate target yet in terms of where inflation is at, where the Fed is likely going to be comfortable cutting rates. There's a lot of debate back and forth whether we're going to see a soft landing or not. And we addressed that actually early last or late last year. I, I think one of the bigger risks is the Fed cuts too fast and inflation expectations start to reaccelerate again. I mean, this job well, we learned that in the slide. 70s, right? I mean, the lesson from the 70s, yes. right? Is that the Fed stepped in and, and and lowered after inflation was not fought off, and I, you know, I, I I think they're wary of that. But go ahead, I'm sorry. Yeah, especially if you look at this like non-farm payrolls report from last Friday, which on the headline was stronger than expected, but again. One of the most consistent trends that we saw all of last year were downward revisions to the headline number. We saw that yet again. And actually, we saw a, consi a considerable drop in the establishment survey that actually shed about 680,000 jobs. So you're seeing this really big gap between the two surveys and how employment is reported. And in until employment starts to weaken or you see more material cracks beneath the surface in the economy – I don't think that the, I think the Fed's likely going to sit exactly where it's at right now because yeah. you're not in a situation where the Fed needs to hike. The Fed doesn't need to cut. The economy is doing all right as it is, albeit it is slowing. But the Fed's not going to do anything simply because Wall Street expects it to do something. So yeah. for this year, I do expect to see rate cuts at some juncture because the trajectory of the economy is decelerating. But you're not going to see rate cuts until the data materially weakens and you're not you're just not there yet, aside from a couple ISM reports that are in contraction. Mode. And, you know, to, to an earlier point, right, I think when you look out at where rates are right now, the economy is doing fine. Uh, the economy can withstand rates at these levels. We know that uh, this is proper policy, not too hot, not too cold. 
um, you know, the 10 year at one point, right, got down, you know, almost 100 basis points uh, from its high point. And, um, you know, that's like four twenty five basis point rate cuts factored into that. Right. And, and to your point, I, I don't think we're going to see that at all. Um, I think we're just hanging around these levels. And you know what? There's nothing wrong with that. We know that companies can do OK uh, with rates around here. And, um, you know, no need to cut. So I, I don't think they will either, you know, go once, but I, I wouldn't, you know, I wouldn't expect more than once or twice. And if they did that, I think there might be actually some fear in the markets um, compared to just hanging around at these levels, which there's nothing wrong with. Yeah, correct. I, I think that one of the bigger risks to the markets is actually that the Fed could cut too soon. Absolutely. And inflation expectations start yep. to ramp to the upside. I actually think that might be a bigger risk. And look at energy back off here, of a hard right? landing. I mean, energy's backed off tremendously. Now, I guess, you know, if you look at the shipping lines and whatnot, you know, manufacturing's come back online, right? The, you know, the flow of goods around the world is certainly, you know, uh, happening again. Uh, post uh, pandemic. And um, I think that, you know, definitely have to watch those shipping lanes um, for energy prices, but energy is keep coming down. So it seems like we're in a good spot and that's, you know, a large contributor to everything. So. Okay. Meanwhile, bond yields rose last week, including the 10 year U S treasury bond, which climbed back above 4% on the assumption that the fed will keep interest rates higher for longer. And in the Focus Wealth Management's 2023 Economic and Market Update and Outlook, which is still available on your website, you spoke a lot about bonds. So the second question is, how much higher do you expect bond yields to rise? And is it too late to get into the bond market? Look, so we, you know, we, we maintain that the 10-year probably um, hit its high point in yield uh, at the end of last year, you know, going to 5% a couple times. Um, rates plummeted again, close to 100 basis points from that point on. Uh, you know, you, you're hovering today around 4% on the 10-year, something like that, um, 405. Uh, do you go higher from this level? Yes, probably. Uh, do you pierce that 5% level again? Uh, a couple of people are out talking about five and a half on the 10-year. Uh, God, we would love it if it went up there because we'd be buyers of that at that point. I don't see that happening. I think rates stay around, you know, maybe go a little bit higher on the 10-year, maybe up to 4.5%, which would be a great spot. Um, but again, you got to buy bonds for what they are. They're stable income. You know, if you can live on above 4% and you're at 405, well, then that's a good time. And if they go higher, you know, and you can wait, then, you know, you probably will get a higher 10-year yield. Um, but they got to be part of your portfolio. They're worth it at these points. Again, there's not much of a difference uh, at, at a 4 to a 405. There's a 10, 15% difference if it goes to 450, right? Um, but if you can live on income north of 4%, what a great time to have that part of balance in your portfolio uh, invested for the long term and go out on the yield curve. You know, uh, don't, don't go to a one-year CD at, uh, you know, four and a half or five percent, whatever you're getting, because once that yield is up, uh, where are you going to put your money? And that, that's going to be a big issue. And so when we look out at building our portfolios, especially for the long term, we want to take that mid to long term approach and get our clients that higher yield for longer, uh, even though on the short term, we know we can get a more attractive yield. That That's the easy money on the short term. We want to really take a look at where we think uh, inflation will head over time, where expenses will head over time, where rates will head over time, 
and uh, you know for higher for longer, then now's a good time to put that money to work in the bond side. Yeah, for certain, and it, it, it's it's called mean reversion, right? The ten year in the overnight markets in late October um, touched about five percent, and they traded back down to three point eight four, three point eight five percent recently. It was one of the biggest easings of financial conditions in recent history over the course of November and December. So what happens on the back end of that? The Fed sees potentially too much easing of financial conditions that they would like. They start to talk rates a little bit higher, jawbone it. The treasury markets start to drift back up and you get that mean reversion back up. And again, what you're talking about in terms of portfolio construction and mechanics is spot on because although you can get higher rates in the short-term markets, again, we talk about the stock market as a price, a forward price forecasting mechanism, right? You're trying to look out in the future and see where rates potentially are. If you can lock in four and a half, five percent for a much longer time period, a year from now, rates are unlikely to be at where they are right now. Yeah, They're absolutely. probably going to be a little bit lower. So if you can lock that in for a longer period of time, that's better. So we do think it's time to start extending duration out a little bit here. Absolutely. <clears throat> now, a lot of people have been – a lot of market outlooks and a lot of firms have been saying to buy the short end of the curve. And what is the reason for that? Is that just to grab some um, – capital gains when bonds start to go down. Exactly. Exactly. And to your point, you know, uh, you have to build out just like any portfolio, a balanced portfolio. And that means owning part of the short term as well. Um, But you also want to look out where it's a little bit more, you know, tough to make money and and forecast out for the long term and the midterm. And uh, so, yeah, on the short term, you're getting paid handsomely. That's very easy. You know, my five-year-old could go out and do that. Um, but, you know, let's take a look at the longer term here. So if I were to do that and I bought a two-year and then I would ho- I would sell it before the two years are up and capture some gains or just capture the immediate gains? You know, I, and again, this is where I, l- I like to look at bonds as the product that they are. You know, they provide return of capital and they provide safety of principal and I'm getting paid a coupon that I'm going to clip. Right. So that's why I buy a bond. If I want to buy an asset class for capital appreciation, I'll buy equities. Right. That that that's the risk side of the portfolio. So, you know, um, I know you can get leveraged up. You can make a bet on interest rates. You know, we could go out today. We could borrow. And what's a cheap global currency right now, Mike? Um, Usually the end. It's lowest yield. And, and invest in dollars and buy the 10-year uh, or buy short-term treasury and, and, and hope to make money as rates do back off. Um, but that's not the reason to buy a bond. Okay. Thanks, guys. That was great. And if you'd like to submit a question, send it to our email address, which is question at twoquestiontuesday.com, and we'll be back next week. Thanks, guys. Thanks, guys.